Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. What is going on? Not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, um, we're just here. Um, we're squeezing in, recording a episode because we have a very busy day today, and I don't even think we're completely comfortable with saying we're done packing. So that's where we are right now. Yeah, we are definitely not done packing. Um, I would like to apologize for not having an episode last week, mm-hmm. but the reason for that was, I think we were both so stressed out. Mm-hmm. Me, like, especially, like, I'll take the blame for it, no problem, but because of this fucking COVID test. Mm-hmm. So we have our boosters. Mm-hmm. We have our vaccines. Mm-hmm. We're both very, like, if you don't want your vaccine, that's fine. We got it. We don't have any issues with it. We're like, yeah, put it in me. I don't care. But then on the flight thing, it's like, oh, well, you need a PCR test Mm -hmm. 72 hours before you land in your destination country. Yeah. But when you take the test, the results take longer than 72 hours to get. So they can take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the minute, like the lady who did my test, because we did the test anyway, just in case. Like yesterday, she told me it was going to be four or five days. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, either way, we have since found out that we didn't even fucking need it. So it was a lot right. of unnecessary stressing. Mm-hmm. Um, Personally, I still will only feel better about this whole ordeal uh, once we land and we see your family. Because that means we'd have passed security and all in your words, bollocks that you'd have to go through (laughs) when you're flying international, especially during this time right now. Yeah. And because normally like flying for me, I was, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday. I was like flying for me. Like when I used to come over here and going back and forth, I was, I would look forward to being in the airport. I was like, I'll get something nice to eat, get on the plane. Once I'm on the plane, it's the only time I ever feel I ever don't feel guilty about not doing anything Mm. because I'm like, what, what can I do? My experience has always been very stressful because a lot of the security people or just the people that work there that ask you for things, make you feel like you're not supposed to be there or that you've done something wrong. Yeah, it can be intimidating, but I've been lucky, like even like my immigration flights and stuff Mm -hmm. were a piece of piss, thankfully. But anyway, so that's why we didn't have an episode last week. And I didn't want to make it go for two weeks. But I will say that this episode may be a shorter one. I have... I know I said this was going to be 2020 true crime. But I do have a spooky episode coming up probably next week. Okay. Um, Because I just couldn't help myself. So anyway, this week's episode. Have you ever just Googled the FBI's... What's it? 10 Most Wanted? I uh, maybe once just to see if I was on it. Okay. <laughs> so also, actually, real quick, uh-huh. quit my job the other day. That was also adding a huge amount of stress because it was just a very negative fucking loop. So thank you for the people that reached out with information and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did. understood that it was going to be a thing that we were going to have to do. But... Um, it was just kind of unfortunate that the company that you worked for was is just so shady. Yeah, like 32 people or something trained 
well, 17 specifically in my class. And as of today, the, there's two people left, three people maybe. Mm-hmm. One of them has already handed in their notice and one of them has an interview on Monday. Mm-hmm. So best to look at that interview as well. And I remember you were telling me that the people that were training y'all specifically asked y'all that they told y'all that they had a high turnover rate but they couldn't understand why and if you guys had any feedback on the subject to relay it to them and when you relate it the response was very uh i don't care yeah i was super honest and all these like fucking we'd love to hear your feedback like how do you feel about being an employee at blah 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 yeah so i told them this is awful you shouldn't be treating your employees like this. And they said, thank you so much for your honest feedback. And then they still. OK, this is what made me quit early. I was going to quit today, but I ended up quitting on Monday. They specifically, when I got hired, it was a call center job. And I was like, I'm not making sales, not doing anything. And they were like, no, 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 it's customer service only. Mm-hmm. There's no outbound calls unless a customer like requests a call back mm-hmm. to do with their customer service. So I was like, OK, yeah, that sounds fine. And then. Two days after the like training let out, I was all of a sudden in another training and they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is our new campaign because it's a slow season, even though we just hired like 60 fucking people. Mm-hmm. And uh, your job now is it's cold calling, cold which is what calling. we told you you wouldn't do. Yeah. But specifically to collect payments that are overdue. Yeah. Calling people on Saturday and Sunday morning. Thanksgiving, you called them. I think it was Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. Yes. Yeah, so no, I didn't call on those two days, mm-hmm. but they were the only two days. Oh. So like the day after Christmas, uh-huh. the day before, like, do you know what I mean? Shit like that. It was horrific. And uh, like no downtime between calls. It was literally eight hours of straight calls. And so then last week they were like, hey, we have this new exciting opportunity for you if you would like to train. And I knew I was leaving this week anyway. So I was like, oh, no, I don't want this but thank you for at least asking me. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, no worries. And then Monday morning, I was in training for that position that I told them that I didn't want to do. Right. So that's when I just emailed them and said, the exact email was, hey, I quit. When can I expect my last paycheck? And uh, that was it. They cut me out of the company Slack, the group chat thing real quick. I think it's funny, like in retrospect, because the first time they they, uh, screwed you like that, they put you in a position that you weren't hired for without asking. Um, You went to HR and you said, hey, this is not cool. This has to be like illegal or like, you know, against company policy or some shit like that. And so the second time they decided to do that, they decided to do that. They asked you with the intention of still doing it anyway. So it's almost like they took your note. They're like, okay, he's annoyed because we didn't ask him. So this time we're going to ask him, even though we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And the worst part of it was, like, I understand companies are shit. I get that. But HR is supposed to be the ones who, like, help you out. Every time I I fucking message them, Jerome from HR or Jeremy, whatever the fuck your name was, dick. (laughs) it would be the most passive aggressive bullshit like yeah even just the other day when i was asking for the actual email to email my uh email 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 yeah that's literally all you're saying yeah to uh to actually resign i asked in the hr group chat i was like hey can i get the email and the one lady wrote back straight away she's like yeah sure here it is and then like five minutes later 
that Jeremy or Jerome guy. He directed you to FAQs. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you just look at our website like we told you to. I'm like, Dude, go fuck yourself. Anyway, rant over. Sorry about that. The FBI's 10 most wanted list, right? Is this company? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, their products were scams. The FBI's 10 most wanted has been around since March 1950. It originated from a news story about the, quote, toughest guys the FBI wanted to capture. Mm -hmm. The story got so much attention that J. Edgar Hoover, like, just made it an official thing. He was like, oh, shit, the, the public actually want to help us here and get that sweet dollar. But since then, almost 500 fugitives have been apprehended or located, and more than 150 of them were a direct result of citizen cooperation. Mm. So tips and you get well rewarded for these tips as well. Yeah. We will not be covering all 10 because it, like each story is a full on fucking story. You know what I mean? Like obviously there's a reason why there's so many or there's a reason why these people are on this fucking list. Um, is So what's the connection or is there a connection between this and the TV show? America's Most Wanted? So I think they just go on, they'll pick a case Oh. And just do a detailed report on it. Because mm -hmm. um, I know that um, led to a lot of arrests as well. Yeah, and like so that the whole aim of this thing is publicize everything. Like help us catch Yeah, like people. and on the website when you go on, because it's still done in like not old fashioned posters, but like here's your mug shots, here's your details. Yeah, yeah. Be aware of their possible whereabouts. And it says like all of this information can be downloaded, printed, do whatever you want with it. Just don't alter it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I will not be covering all 10. I might be revisiting it later because it's like super interesting. And also, I don't know how they decide who actually gets in the top 10. Like I know it gets reviewed by the, the main man in the FBI and he'll like switch it around and stuff. And I also don't think that the list is done in like, you know, top 10 as in like this guy's the number one most dangerous or anything. It's just a list. It's just a list. And it's also a huge array of like crimes. crimes. Like one dude killed his daughter-in-law out of fucking pure anger. He was a douchebag. While another guy disappeared, a DEA agent in the 50s mm -hmm. or in the 80s. And he was like a part of the some cartel. You know what I mean? So it's not just one specific type. But there's also a lot more than just that list on the FBI's website. And it's definitely... An interesting way to spend your afternoon or last couple of days. But there's a most wanted terrorist list. There's crimes against children, kidnappings and missing persons and more. There's also a section on there to report anyone that was involved in the January 6th terrorist attack on Washington. Mm. So, you know, but no, it's definitely well worth going on there. And uh, as well, there's rewards for all of this information. OK, so the first one we're going to be covering today is Badresh Kumar Chitanbhai Patel. All right. He's wanted for the murder of his wife, Palak, mm -hmm. in 2015. Badresh and Palak came to America on what sources called a honeymoon visa. I don't know the ins and outs of that visa, but anyway, they were staying in New Jersey with some family of Badreshes, but they outstayed their visa and moved to Hanover, Maryland, and they somehow managed to get jobs in Dunkin' Donuts, where they both worked together on the late shift. Mm -hmm. 
So it was Badresh's plan all along to come over and actually overstay his visa mm-hmm. and do this. Like this was his plan, the American dream. But Palek wanted to go back home mm-hmm. and Badresh wasn't having it. On the night of April 12th, 2015, Palek was seen on the Duncan security footage on the phone with someone. Badresh takes the phone from her hand and walks into a back room talking into the phone. Pollock followed him into the room at 9.32. Badresh comes out of the room at 9.33, literally 50 seconds later. He walks out of the shot and leaves the store, walks home, grabs his passport and cash, leaves the home on foot and heads to a nearby mall where taxis are lining up for fares. He takes a cab all the way to New Jersey. This taxi driver sat in the car with Badresh for nearly 200 miles, not knowing that he had just savagely murdered his wife. He said Badresh seemed totally normal and calm, other than the fact that it was just a long fare, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure the cab driver was happy for. Meanwhile, back at the Duncan, customers are lining up at the drive-thru and still inside the store. Like the store was open this whole time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Someone realizes that something isn't like doesn't feel quite right. And goes to find a cop. Funnily enough, they didn't have to go far because this was a donut shop. Like, no word of a lie. There was literally a cop yeah, less yeah. than 100 yards outside. The, um, it, sitting in the car park. But he was actually just filling out a robbery report mm-hmm. in the car park. When the customer told him what was going on, he goes in to check. And he actually found Palak in this back room that she never left. But Resh had grabbed a knife from somewhere... And stabbed her multiple times in what I can only imagine was an absolute frenzied attack. According to the investigators, the attack was so vicious that it showed that it was not premeditated, but that the anger behind the attack was evident. Mm -hmm. So like straight away, the guy was like, this was obviously a building issue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's also worth mentioning that this was an arranged marriage. So I think these people only even only really knew each other, maybe a couple of months. Yeah. You know, one wanted to stay here, one wanted to go back home. It was yeah. just really sad for the girl. But the thing was, like, Badresh was wearing a white... He was wearing his Dunkin' Donuts uniform, which was a white shirt and an apron, and he even had plastic gloves on because they were handling the donuts. And in the security footage, when he leaves the room, literally has... seems like there's no blood, no mess, no nothing. Like, it was so strange. That, for me, was like... What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Palak was apparently on the phone with her family, telling them that she wanted to go back, but Badresh wasn't going to let her. And, like, she was only 21. Yeah. So Badresh used cash to check into a Newark hotel at 3 a.m. on April 13th with nothing but the clothes on his back. That's interesting. That's where we're going. Yeah, we'll be there. Tomorrow, we will be there. He checked out at 10 a.m., took the hotel shuttle to Penn Station... That was the last time anyone seen him. The FBI got involved pretty quickly once it was discovered that he had crossed state lines and they put him on the no-fly list and even had a billboard in Times Square with his wanted poster, but obviously had no luck. Investigators believe that Badresh could be with distant relatives either in the US or that he could have fled to Canada to return to India. Mm. Like, Traveled across the land border yeah, and flown it. back to India. Yeah. 
He has ties to New Jersey, Kentucky, Georgia, Illinois, and obviously India. He was finally added to the top 10 in 2017 and is still out there somewhere. The exact reason why he was added to the top 10 was because of how vicious the attack was. Mm -hmm. That's what the investigator said. Like, Okay. So that's why I'm saying I didn't realize that the top 10 list would have cases specifically like this. You know, I thought it was going to be all big, like high profile drug dealers or something like that. Okay. So he is still out there somewhere. And here's the description off of the FBI's website. His name obviously is Badresh Kumar Patel. Date of birth is May 15th, 1990. So right now he'll be 32. Hair, brown, eyes, brown, height, 5'9 weight at the time was around 165 pounds and if you help get him captured you can get possibly up to $100,000 right these rewards are not fucking around but I will also say that everybody on this list is considered to be armed and highly dangerous very dangerous yeah, yeah. so don't try and fucking arrest just some random dude that you think might be Badrash Patel yeah maybe <laughs> but, throw a net at him first yeah yeah decoy Anyway, moving on. Alejandro Alex Rosales Castillo. Hang on, I have the pee. Okay. Welcome back, creeps. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, Castillo is responsible for the murder of 23-year-old Truk Kwan Lai Li back in 2016. She was also, she was known as Sandy, which is how I'm going to be Referring to her just because I can't pronounce the other name. Castillo was only 17 at the time. But apparently the two had previously been in a relationship together. They worked at a restaurant in Charlotte, North Carolina. Castillo owed her around $1,000. And so they arranged to meet up on the 9th of August for him to pay her back. This is 2016. On August 15th, six days later, Sandy's car turned up abandoned in phoenix arizona 2000 miles from where castillo had arranged to meet her mm -hmm. both sandy and castillo's families made missing persons reports and so did the mother of 19 year old amia feaster all three of them had worked together in a restaurant and amia was now castilla's new girlfriend okay so it's this awkward little love triangle going on a few days after they went missing, Amia's mom was able to message her through Facebook and Amia told her, we're going to Veracruz. He found a better job over there. We leaving in... <laughs> this is exactly how she wrote it. Mm. We leaving in like 30 minutes. I will send you the address and stuff as soon as I get there. Love you, mommy. So Amia assured her mom that she was safe and that she wasn't scared, but just that the job prospects were better in Veracruz. Mm -hmm. and they were going with Castillo's family. Okay. Now, I've never heard of anybody going south of the border for better job prospects. But yeah, that doesn't happen. And normally the whole ha the whole family doesn't go with you. Yeah, right. Anyway, I don't, I don't know exactly what was going on. But on the 17th of August, which was eight days after this encounter with Sandy, mm -hmm. her body was found. On the Sandy's si body. Sandy's body was found on the side of a highway in Charlotte. She had been shot in the back of the head. 
After going through her phone, the investigators soon found out that she was meant to be meeting up with Castillo to get her money, but it looks like her bank account was also emptied that night from an ATM. Okay. So I don't know if they made her go take the money out or if they just stole her card or what, but Castillo and Amia were then seen on security footage crossing the border into Mexico on foot. Amia actually turned herself in on October 20th, 2016 in Aguas Calientes. Good job. Yeah. Hey, Aguas Calientes, <laughs> uh, Mexico. She faced several state charges related to the murder, including accessory after the fact, but I couldn't find out what happened to her. It's like she turned herself in and just disappeared. That's how the Mexican prison system works. Well, no, no she was brought back here. She was extradited. Oh. But um, anyway, obviously, all these people are still at large, who I'm naming. So Castillo is still at large and is said to possibly reside in San Francisco de los Romo or Pabellón de Artiega. Is that a place? Somewhere in Mexico. Yeah, somewhere in Mexico. But he also may have traveled to the states of Guanajuato or Veracruz. Okay. So he is still out there. I will be posting pictures of all these people on the Weekly Creep Instagram. This guy's still young. He was only born in 1998. Yeah, a lot of these are very young. Yeah, like th this again is another thing that surprised me. So 1998, he'd be what, 24 now? Yeah. Not even. He's actually 23. He'll be 24 in November. How trivial the reasons for these attacks just goes to show how how much of like whether they, they're psychopaths or sociopaths. But it's alarming that they're that the reasons that kind of just set them off yeah. were so trivial, so small so and small, so yeah. unnecessary. Like in the case of uh, Patel. It seems like straight textbook uh, crime of passion. Like, you know what I mean? He just saw red and like he didn't have a history of violence or anything as far as we, we know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas this guy sounds a little more manipulative and you don't know what was going on behind. Yeah, so, like, you, like you could have just continued to owe this girl money. Yeah, like you didn't have to. It sounds her. like you're being a douchebag anyway. And to like add insult to injury you either made her clear out her bank account and or maybe you just took her shit yeah you know what i mean either way it was a scuzzy fucking move like right and then poor amia like i'm saying poor amia she sounds like another victim of his you know what i mean yeah i don't know but sounds like a dick i'm just i'm glad she got out as well but like mm -hmm. what was going through her mind like oh yeah we'll just kill this girl and go south to the border Mm -hmm. it'll all work out fine he speaks spanish yeah there, there's some <laughs> sort of like um saving grace for amia because she turned herself in yeah yeah she came to her senses right and instead again, of she like coming even... back like she could have just came back and like hid yeah or, or something anything. yeah but and she again, turned like, herself in she was only 19 yeah at this when she turned herself in anyway uh castillo is early 20s he was born in Arizona, but he's fluent in Spanish. His hair is black, eyes are brown. He's about 5'6", around 180 to 190 pounds. He's a dude, obviously, and his race is white Hispanic. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now, moving on again, and I know these are like short, sharp, shock mm-hmm. kind of accounts, but we got a few to go through. Yeah, so this guy is Jason Derek Brown. Now, Jason Brown is the ultimate fuckboy, if ever there was one. Mm-hmm. Okay, wanted for the murder of Robert Keith Palomares, a 24-year-old armored car guard outside of an AMC cinema in Phoenix, Arizona, in November 2004. So this one's going a ways back. But he did this in broad daylight. 10 o'clock in the morning... As Robert was walking out of the theater with the cash, Brown ran up and ambushed him, shooting six times. Robert was armed, but he literally had no time to defend himself. And even when he was already on the ground dead, Brown kept shooting. Robert was shot five times in the head. Like this guy's aim was on point. Brown took the money and got on his bike. He literally had a hidden bicycle. In a laneway beside the AMC. That was my follow-up question, if it was motorized or not. Yeah, no, I thought it was a joke when I was, like, looking into this. I was like, hold on a minute. He literally cycled away. Mm -hmm. The bicycle was found later, just dumped in some bushes and covered in fingerprints, which were then identified as Jason Brown. Mm -hmm. Or Jason Brown's fingerprints. Brown was born in L.A. in 1969. A member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who are... The Mormons. That's okay. just their like official name. He honestly he seems to have had a pretty cushy life. Like he grew up in LA, learned to speak French while off on a Mormon mission in Paris. And he was just a big, like early two thousands club going show off. Okay. You know, now he was in really good shape, I'll give him that, but he was everywhere I, I was reading about him, he was just described as like pretty surfer boy look. Oh, I see. And he was, you know what I mean? He was just yeah. very stereotypical of the time. Like, I could smell the axe deodorant <laughs> from just the fucking headline. That's funny. But he was one of these, like, look at everything that I've got kind of guys. Oh, I see. Okay. So he loved telling people about how much stuff he had. Oh. Like his Escalade, his really M3 Beamer, his motorcycles, his jet skis, his boats, obviously his bicycle. And yeah. whatever else he could get on credit. <laughs> but it's also believed that he would use fake social security numbers to sign for car loans and is even suspected of being responsible for a number of unsolved petty thefts and home invasions. Makes sense. Yeah. The reason why his fingerprints were on file was because in the days leading up to Robert's murder, mm-hmm. Brown took a firearms instruction course at Totally Awesome Guns. And range. Wow. In Salt Lake City. I love that name. Yeah. Totally awesome guns and range in Salt Lake City. That's what they call my room. Oh. Where I house these guns. (laughs) (laughs) She's referring to her biceps. Yeah. Anyway. Just because I live in Texas doesn't mean I have a gun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he actually had to pass a background check to take this um, course. And submitted his fingerprints that were sent to state and federal authorities. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know whether he had like 
minor arrests beforehand or anything, but anyway. Brown's instructor, Clark Apotion, I'm sorry, Clark, he described him as, quote, an obnoxious student and inexperienced with firearms. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> Yeah, funny. he basically just said, this guy is a fucking douchebag. He was also known to be scouting the AMC. So he, I'm sure this is my, me assuming things, but I'm sure he just thought he was like doing this big, great heist bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? He was the next fucking like GTA Ocean's 13. Style. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's reported that he was telling people how easy it would be. He was like telling them like, oh, I've done my research and stuff. And if I hit them right after Thanksgiving weekend, like that's when they're going to have the most cash because that's their busiest thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he was just telling people like how much of a good idea it was and stuff like that. He carried out surveillance from his car, watching the armored car do its rounds. And he even rented a hotel room like close to the cinema, like all this kind of extra shit. Mm-hmm. But when he realized that the cops are onto him, like after he had done the deed. Yeah. Brown fled from Arizona to Las Vegas, where he swapped his BMW M3 for a black Cadillac Escalade, which he had in storage there. Mm. Like this guy, not in his defense or anything, but like the amount of Planning. debt that he had. Oh, like the things that he did have were nice Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it wasn't no like fucking oh i did fraud and now i have a toyota corolla (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. like he had the big fucking everybody just kept calling them his toys Uh but anyway he swaps the bmw for his escalade that he had in storage and then he drove to orange county california here he stayed with his sister until december 6th 2004 so around two weeks after Mm -hmm. a little over two weeks when FBI agents carrying out an arrest warrant missed him by one hour, right? I don't know how this happened. Yeah. But he obviously got tipped off or something, but he found out that the FBI were coming for him. He guns it. He literally ripped out the, uh, I think it was the OnStar stuff from the Escalade. Oh, yeah. That tracks he, you. Yeah, that tracks you. So, like, he, he again, he knew what he was doing to yeah. some degree, to some extent. So he ripped that shit out. And he drove from Orange County. He used his credit card at a gas station there. Then traveled to San Diego near the Mexican border, either to lead the feds on a wild goose chase or because he was panicking. I don't know. But once he got down here, he then turned around and drove all the way to Portland, Oregon. Okay. On the 16th of January, 2005, so Two months after, mm-hmm. or well, I guess a month after this chase, authorities discovered his abandoned Cadillac left in a long-term parking lot at the Portland International Airport. This next bit was taken directly from Wikipedia, of all places. While in Portland, Brown mailed a package with clothes and golf equipment to his older brother, David John Brown II of San Diego. Mm-hmm. In San Diego. <laughs> of San Diego. She's like, St. David John <laughs> Of San Diego. Yeah. Whale's vagina. <laughs> on, <laughs> on April 20th, 2005, David Brown, the older brother, was indicted for obstruction of justice. 
The indictment claimed that he tampered with evidence when he deep cleaned his brother Jason's BMW in early uh, December after having driven the vehicle to California from the Las Vegas storage facility mm -hmm. where he had swapped them out. The FBI had asked him whether he knew of any storage lockers that his younger brother had in Las Vegas. And the brother was like, nope, don't know what you're talking about. Even though they were able to say, well, you got this fucking BMW from the storage yeah, locker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You asshole. You fucking liar. Yeah. So in 2007, the brother pled guilty to lying to the FBI and a federal judge in Arizona sentenced him to three years of probation. Slap on the wrist, really. Is like, yeah. Well, don't fuck around for the next three years. By 2005, the FBI had received over 200 leads in the case. Most of these being outside Arizona and with dozens coming outside of the United States, including possible sightings in Canada. I also think I heard about like people in Australia and everything calling in, reporting, seeing this guy. But again, due to his, quote, California surfer dude appearance and the ability to blend into crowds, the FBI has had more leads on Brown than anyone else on its 10 most wanted list. With the majority of them proving to be false leads. They're just like, hey, I saw some dude with frosted tips <laughs> talking about waves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And apparently... People think that he looks so much like Sean Penn. I guess like <laughs> old fashioned shot like yeah. twenty years ago Sean Penn that one of Sean Penn's body doubles was actually arrested once by authorities because <laughs> they thought that he was brown. Yeah, yeah. And then another sighting came in August two thousand and eight near the Hogel Zoo in Salt Lake City. An acquaintance of Brown, someone who had actually been in France with him on the Mormon mission. Mm -hmm. which by the way the mormon mission to france is not some cool fucking jewelry theft either it's no? like they all go away for they all go on vacation basically like yeah. they go to like sample other cultures and spread the word of our lord and all that bollocks but sample all the other cultures i think that's funny seeing as they're polyamorous oh yeah they are yeah, yeah. they can't even drink coffee can they? anyway beside the point they can't dabble in coffee but they can dabble in women Mm. anyway this guy had spent like two years with him yeah. in paris so like obviously he knows him pretty fucking well mm -hmm. and they both pulled up at a traffic light they both recognized each other like i can picture this in my head like you know tapping away on the fucking steering wheel mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just listening to the best i don't know christina aguilera song that's out in 2008 <laughs> and he looks to the side and he sees this uh, frosted tips douchebag in the car next yeah. to him. And when Brown realized that he was looking at this guy, he just gunned it, sped through the red light, and that was it. But it's assumed that Brown is still hiding in plain sight in the Mormon community under an assumed identity. They reckon he could even be like shacked up with someone who got married and the whole lot, but that person doesn't know who he really is or anything. Yeah. And there's also, again, other theories that he may have fled the country. He could be living in France, Quebec or Thailand. France and Quebec because he's fluent in French. Thailand because he just looks like the frosted type, frosted tips type of douchebag that would go off and live in Thailand. Mm -hmm. like, like when Ryan in the office went to quote, quote, Thailand. Oh, <laughs> Turns oh, out okay. he was actually in Florida for a, a month. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where they should look. They should look in Florida. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my... 
like my theory, but from the little bit that I read about him, he was already using fake social security numbers and stuff like that in 2004. So it's really not out of the realm of possibility that he could have just set up with. Oh, he's well hidden then. Yeah. You know what I mean? As soon as you have that, like a lovely crisp new passport and social security number, you're golden. Yeah. And especially if you're, you're used to doing that sort of thing, your behavior definitely won't tip you off that you're using something fake. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like his previous occupations were like, a toy salesperson like he had his own uh company set up and like he would sell golf equipment and stuff like that so he's just a blagger you know what i mean like he just talked the talk of whatever and get himself in with these communities and then you know yeah anyway the fbi is actually offering a reward of up to two hundred thousand dollars for information leading to this guy's capture i'd say that he's annoyed the fbi more than anything else yeah well According to the, um, what was the name of it? True Crime Daily on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking solid source that I've been using for this whole episode because they do like little deep dives into every case on here. And they get, they speak with the actual FBI agents involved. And at the time of recording, which I think it was a good while ago, the dude was saying they can still receive up to 80 calls a week. On this guy. On this guy. And as well, the dude that he murdered, um, his brother and the family are still very involved in the case. Oh, okay. So I think they're working closely or like still in touch with the FBI agents. So they're really passionate about getting this guy fucking nailed down. Yeah. He's used a couple of different birthdays because he's a vain, arrogant prick. So he's like made himself quite a bit younger on yeah. paper. But his actual date of birth, as far as I know, was July 1st, 1969. So he's up there, you know, mm-hmm. he's older than my dad, born in California, blonde hair, green eyes, five foot ten, weight 170 to 180. At the time, he kept in really good shape and they assumed that he still kept that up because he was so vain and that was his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Maybe now he looks like Axl Rose. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> his complexion is light. Like, he's a a white dude, but the dude who saw him at the traffic light said that he's gotten a lot more tan. So, again, because he's so vain, I'm just assuming that that's out of a bottle. So, he probably looks like a leather bag. Yeah, now, yeah, maybe. Um, But, yeah, so that's it. If you see that guy, that that guy's going to bag you a fucking lot. Yeah. (laughs) 200 grand. And then the next guy, real quick, um, this will be the last one. The next one I'm going to touch on will require a whole episode. Mm-hmm. So that that was the thing I struggled with this week was trying to find enough information to include in these little profiles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Without spending fucking four days doing a deep dive into somebody's yeah. history, you know what I mean? But this next I anyway, I'm not gonna actually go too too in detail with. I listened to an episode of the Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Mm-hmm. I personally dislike these big company podcasts just out of spite because we're like you know small independent people but i do love unsolved mysteries yeah so eugene palmer is the guy i mentioned at the start of the episode he's the one who killed his daughter-in-law he's typical older white dude like he has one of these beards that just comes down here but like no mustache Mm -hmm. like he he looks like he was at the january 6th fucking (laughs) terrorist (laughs) attack to be honest so yeah he killed his daughter-in-law tammy palmer And I heard him described on that podcast 
as a good old boy who thinks a woman should just do as her husband tells her and be happy about it. Yeah. Whether that means getting beaten or whatever, just do what you're told. Yeah. So that's the kind of arsehole he is. He was born in, on the 4th of April, 1939. Damn. Right, this guy's old as fuck if he's even still alive. Like the picture here from 2012, he looks like he's got maybe three weeks left. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Tammy Palmer walked her kids down the driveway to put them on the school bus on the 24th of September, 2012, 2012 in Stony Point, New York. Palmer was hiding in the bushes of the driveway. They all lived on his land in separate houses. And as she was walking back up, he killed her, I think, with a shotgun. He shot her multiple times. And he then walked back down to, um, I believe, his sister's house, gave her money and said, here, pay my taxes for me. I just killed Tammy. I'm going away for a while. That was his wife? No, this is his son's wife. Oh, right. His son. Uh, yeah, sorry. Daughter-in-law. Yeah. Um. So basically, he didn't like how she was treating his son. Mm-hmm. Even though his son was a douchebag, his son literally was beating her and like cheating on her and all that. And according to her friends, she was like, do what you fucking want. I'm just trying to look after my kids. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like that. Because her, was she, she wasn't upset about it. I That's what he didn't like. I honestly Like if don't you're know, not you... crying because I'm cheating on you, that is undesired reaction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it was the sign of just a woman who was like so far gone it's like fuck it do what you want yeah just leave me and the kids out of it like you know that kind mm-hmm. of way but what palmer then did was he fled the scene in his green pickup truck dodge ram which was later found abandoned outside harriman state park in rockland county now apparently palmer ditched the truck and fled into the park on foot he was known as an avid outdoorsman Mm-hmm. And this is like a rural part of New York. So it was like his element. Yeah. You know what I mean? And basically everyone was like, oh, he could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when the police actually brought the search dogs in, they followed his uh, scent around on the Wikipedia page. It says into a campground on the woods where he just disappeared. But actually in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, the FBI agent said that the dogs circled around and came back to the road that he drove in on and they just stopped in the middle of the road and gave the signal to say the scent stops here Mm -hmm. so the theory is from the fbi guys that he had either parked off another uh, vehicle to drive back out of the woods in Mm -hmm. or he had somebody waiting for him so he wanted to give the impression that he drove into the woods yeah and walked off and disappeared and possibly completed suicide but the FBI agent said that he had that Palmer had openly spoken about how suicide is the coward's way out and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He was very strong in his opinion of this. Yeah. So it's unlikely. Very unlikely. Also, the family owned more land even further north in New York, where suddenly the family started moving like gradually like the son moved up there, then the sister moved up there to this other land that they had. Yeah. So the main message from the FBI agent was, which I really thought was funny. He was like, the odds are this man has died. 
and if the family just let us know that he is dead, I'll leave them alone. But until they tell me that he has died, I will not stop hassling them. <laughs> and I was like, dude, fucking like A1, because this guy just sounds like such a fucking douchebag. But what was nice was that Tammy's children were at least awarded around 2.15 million from Palmer's estate. Mm-hmm. Good. You know, for, um, I mean, they don't have a mom anymore. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just, anyway. So, I mean, that's probably smart that that guy won't stop hassling the family because chances are, like, the son will probably do something similar to his next wife or his son's wife. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't want to go... Because basically, I would have just repeated that whole Unsolved Mysteries episode. It's really fucking good. Go listen to it. It came out on the 25th of August this year, or last year, which is my birthday. And, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode. All right. Yeah, so there you go, guys. Oh, and actually, uh, again, I will post pictures of this guy because he just looks like an angry alcoholic Santa Claus. But he also has a fucking super deformed left thumb that ends in a point. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it, but that's what they're like. So if you see this man, <laughs> if you see a guy with a funny thumb, that's him. Yeah, who looks like just an enlarged garden gnome. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah, and again, I think it's a hundred thousand dollar reward for this guy too. Mm. If he's even still alive, if he is alive, he's eighty two. He's five foot ten, quite heavy, and uh, yeah, I'll post pictures of his shit. He was the five hundred and twenty third person added to the fbi's most wanted list hmm. so yeah guys there you go fbi's most wanted i will definitely return to this subject because i dig it it's cool yeah it's also current yeah you know what i mean like and um and uh it, it probably helps to get the word out there yeah i mean look if the few people that listen to us if if you end up knowing the person we want we want some of that reward just no. saying <laughs> No, we just won't. don't forget where you heard it from. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear how you caught the guy. And that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, this fucking guy lives next door to me. I always <laughs> see him struggling with the trash can lid and his gummy thumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And then the, a lot of people in Florida are going to start looking at their neighbors sideways because there's probably a lot of older gentlemen with like tan skin <laughs> and like uh freshly Frost. dyed hair yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know <laughs> so yeah my sources again if you are interested in the fbi most wanted list obviously the fbi.gov is the website it's all up there if you want like deeper dives into each individual case true crime daily on youtube has videos ranging from like some of them only have maybe three minutes that's all the information there is mm -hmm. like in the case of uh, Jason Brown, his episode was like 12 minutes and that was seems to be like the longest one. That's what she said. He And yeah, Wikipedia, unfortunately, there wasn't any like real fucking... Information? Yeah, like real deep, gritty information like to get into it. It was very much like whatever the FBI had on their website was on the Wikipedia website and vice versa. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They didn't use a whole lot of like other sources. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. As you're listening to this, we'll be back home, freezing cold. Yeah. And I'll be cuddling my little niece. Oh. We're like, oh, here's Sophia. 
let's sit on the couch and watch Harry Potter. Remember, it's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be like, I do remember. Yeah. She, yeah. She'll be like, I was only born a few weeks ago. Of course, I remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyway, so today, uh, today's oh, shit, tarot yeah. card Hell yeah. is uh, the Queen of Cups. Today is a day to nourish and nurture yourself. Spending time in or near water, so hopefully you take a shower, will be especially soothing. So go to the beach or have a long bath. By caring for yourself now, you will build the strength to be there for others when they need you. Don't underestimate the importance of self-care. This card could also represent a person you know or will encounter or some aspect of yourself that is present or to call upon now. Wow. So if you're curious, the aspect of if you're one life, if you're trying to identify the person that's around you that you're going to come across or what aspect it is that you're searching that, that should come forth today is the mature, sensitive and romantic side. That's me all yourself. over. Oh, yeah. That's just my whole self. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. Stay tuned for next week. Um, honestly, I don't know what the plan will be. We we are going to keep recording as we're overseas. Um, we'll try and do something fun for you. Also, if you're still listening, we will be vlogging our trip and uh, maybe doing a little ghost investigations at the Hellfire Club. Yeah, maybe. Definitely. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. Follow us on YouTube for the new videos that will be coming out in the next few days. And uh, follow Dulce's channel, which she renamed. Dulce's Recreations. Recreations? Recreations, Recreations yeah. Dulce's Recreations on YouTube. Follow the link in our bio on Instagram. And uh, text us. Text us. Let us know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.